الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل ان كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم مولاي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم ورسپكتد علماء الكرام رسپكتد ادرز اند برادرز ذا نكاح هاز ٹیکن پلیس اند اون دی ادر ہینڈ وی ار فیو ڈیز بیفور دی منتھ اف رمضان a very short hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam three actions that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has given us and at the end of these three actions nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had said dakhala aljannah if we can practice upon these three actions then nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has stated that a person will gain jannat The question is have we focused our lives and have we made jannah one of our priorities in life but we'll come to that a little later the first aspect that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had said man akala tayyiban that person who eats halal the word tayyiba and when allah taala speaks about consuming in the quran ya ayyuhan nas kulu mimma fil ardi halalan tayyiba ya ayyuhal ladina amanu kulu min at-tayyibat ya ayyuhal ladina amanu kulu min tayyibati ma razaqnakum yasalunaka madha uhilla lahum qul uhilla lakum at-tayyibat al-yawma uhilla lakum at-tayyibat we'll find this word tayyibat recurring in the quran what is tayyibat pure halal and pure halal will be that which allah subhanahu wa taala has ordained as halal as tayyib as pure والذين كفروا يتمتعون وياكلون كما تاكل الانعام والنار مثوى لهم there is a great distinction between our existence on earth 
and the existence of a disbeliever. A disbeliever believes, I only live once. And he has come here to enjoy life. And Allah Ta'ala says, he eats like how animals eat. Where he derives his income from, what he eats, how he eats, what he would do with the energy that he has acquired from the food that he has eaten. There is absolutely no object, there is absolutely no goal. Unlike a believer, that from the time a believer earns to the time a believer eats, the manner in which a believer eats, there is a consciousness within him that what I earn needs to be according to the commandment of Allah. Talabul halali wajibun, talabu kasbil halali faridatun. Our Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has deemed it a compulsion for us to earn and that earning has to be according to the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is the earning, one is the nature of consumption, the food that we eat, animals that we are allowed to eat, not allowed to eat, the way it is slaughtered, the kind of ingredients that we use. A believer is supposed to be conscious about all of that and why. Ulama have written this word tayyibat, is whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made halal for us, are those things that will promote and advance us in our ta'alluq, our relationship with Allah ta'ala. No sooner do we eat anything that is haram, derived from haram, then that becomes a barrier between us and Allah ta'ala. Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullah has written that one morsel of haram, number one, creates a darkness in the heart of an individual. Number two, it creates ill thoughts, waswasa. That heart that Allah Ta'ala created, that is supposed to link us to Allah Ta'ala, that heart becomes now the workshop of shaitan. Number three, there is a laxity in ibadat. And number four, that person will carry out deeds that are disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi has quoted the great Salih ibn Abdullah Tastari rahmatullahi that when a person devours, consumes haram, whether he knows it or he doesn't know it, whether he does it intentionally, unintentionally, the natural consequence of it is that the body of his no more remains subservient to him. The limbs do not remain subservient. No matter how much a person may want to excel in the ibadat of Allah, no matter how much a person will try, 
but the limbs become lethargic there is apathy in the ibadat of allah tabarak wa taala it's a different thing he didn't know so he will not be questioned by allah he will not be sinful but that is the natural consequence of it on the other hand sahab bin abdullah tastari rahmatullah alayhi says that when a person consumes halal and of course when a person becomes meticulous about halal then what happens is that the limbs become subservient to the person that is enthusiastic to fulfill the commandments of allah the heart has an intention to fulfill the commandments of allah to be obedient to allah taala there is then a natural subservience of the body of the limbs wanting to fulfill the commandments of allah it becomes very easy and secondly allah tabarak wa taala opens the doors of rizq of sustenance rozi becomes easy for that individual now in the history of islam we found that there were many individuals whom allah taala had given the ability of being stringent in so far as their rozi and their sustenance was concerned <coughs> One person Mufti Muzaffar Hussain rahmatullahi alayhi he was such a personality we won't go into his life however at that time in India or rather in Delhi the gravy that used to be cooked used to be flavored with mango and because in the marketplace the trade the buying and selling of mango was not according to the shariat this person from his student days abstained from eating the gravy and almost his entire life he ate only the roti the bread to the extent allah taala had created his body with such a system an alert system that even his family members became afraid to invite him the simple reason was that if there was anything doubtful that was placed on the table and if he would consume it immediately he would spew it out he would vomit it out and obviously that may become embarrassing for the host so there was this reservation that should we call him or shouldn't we call him perhaps our secret will be let out and in this way allah tabarak wa taala had created within him this this alert system that nothing will get digested that was mushtabi that was doubtful his particularity was of such a nature that when he would hire the horse and cart to take him from one place to another he would bring his goods and he would stand there and he would say to the driver that these are my goods you have a good look at all my goods and then you make your price 
think about it and make your price. When the man gives the price, Mufti Sahib would agree. If perchance somebody would come and say to him, you are traveling to a certain village, <coughs> I have an envelope. Now what is the weight of an envelope? I've got this letter, I wish you to deliver this letter to a certain person in the village. He would say, the deal is done, the man has seen the goods, he's seen the luggage. Now it is not for me to take even this envelope. You may ask him permission. If he is prepared to load this envelope on, I am prepared to carry it. He was so particular. Now when we create within us the consciousness of halal, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create from that halal food, Allah ta'ala will create the ability of us to make that ibadat of Allah ta'ala. Allah will give us that tawfiq of ibadat. In Yoban, there was an ordinary man that used to sell fodder. And a very pious person, he lived in the time of the Akabir, Molana Yaqub Nanotwi, and those great Akabir. And because of his piety, his truthfulness, his honesty, people would wait in the marketplace for his fodder because they wanted their animals to eat from the fodder of a pious man. So when he would come into the marketplace, even if he was delayed, they would not purchase from anyone but from him. Now he had a strange habit, that whatever he would sell, the portions he would sell in our terms for four pesa, for four cents in those days. One he would earmark, the very first cent, he would earmark as sadaqah, as charity. Allah give us the tawfiq to do this brothers. Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah whatever his earnings was, whatever his earnings was, he would take out 5% of his earnings as soon as he earned it as sadaqah, as charity. 2.5% zakat was apart from that. He would double the zakat, 5% he would give as non-zakatable charity. And if it was something that he didn't earn, he didn't work, it was gift, then he would give out 10%. Before he even would budget that money or utilize it for anything else. Allah give us the tawfiq that first we give out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the second portion, the second quarter, he had a daughter that he would allocate for her. The third, he would set aside that he will collect. And the fourth, he will use for his own expenses. What he would collect, when it is substantial, he would call the ulama of Dioban for a little dawat, a very simple dawat. Molana Yaqub Nanotwi Rahmatullahi used to say, that we were so enthusiastically waiting for this dawah from time to time 
not because of the menu, not because of what he would serve, but after we would eat from his house and we would go back home, sleep would never overcome us. And not for us to involve ourselves in anything frivolous, but we would spend the entire night in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, and this halat would stay with us for over two to three weeks. The benefit of earning halal. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Abdullah ibn Mubarak, rahmatullahi, he was a great muhaddith. He used to say that if I had in my possession one coin that belonged to someone else, it was not mine, it belonged to someone else, I deemed it a greater ibadat to return that to the owner rather than giving out a hundred thousand coins in sadaqah. For that hundred thousand coins in sadaqah, that is a voluntary act, a nafal act. But this is an act of compulsion. And he showed this true in his life, that on one occasion, he had the pen of someone else in his position. And he traveled a long distance, and thereafter he realized, that this is somebody else's property. And in those days he undertook a journey of hundreds of miles to go back to return that pen because it was not his. So brothers and friends, on the one hand, sadaqah is not accepted if the income is haram. Duas are not accepted if that income is haram. So this is the first step that Nabi alayhi salatu wassalam has given the first that we can achieve jannat man akala tayyiban that person that eats halal and Allah give us the tawfiq that we become meticulous in so far as our income is concerned how we earn what we eat what are the ingredients etc the second Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said وَعَمِلَ فِي سُنَّتِهِ And a person who practices on my sunnah. And again, we look at our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This Mubarak personality. Nadar bin Harith was one of the leaders of Makkah. He was a business person. And not would stand in the fact that he had a great deal of intelligence. He would travel out to the Levant, to ancient Syria. And he would hear incidents about the people of the past, biblical narrations, etc. When he would come to Makkah and he would hear the Quran. Intelligence would have demanded that he would have known that this Quran is the Kitab of Allah Ta'ala. But arrogance was of such a nature that he denied it. He would say that if we desired, we could also narrate the same. In Hada illa satirul awwaleen, these are tales of the past. And when arrogance reached its peak, 
Then he began to make dua to Allah Ta'ala. Allahumma imkana haza huwa al-haqqa min indik. Faamtir alayna hijaratan min as-sama. Awi'tina bi'azabin alim. That if this Quran is speaking about the stones that rain from the skies on the people of Lut alayhi salam. And if all of that is a reality, if it is the truth, then Allah, let the rains of stones come down on Makkah. Can a human get more audacious than that? But look at Allah. He makes this dua. Allah Ta'ala's response to Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ O Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah is not to punish them whilst you are in their midst. You O Habib you are there so long as you are there, I will withhold the punishment, no matter how audacious they have become. They are inviting my punishment. It is like you and I sometimes, a little child dares us. But Allah Ta'ala is giving you and I also a message. That with all the conditions and the halat that we go through in our lives, whether it is collectively, generally, whether it is regarding us individually, our families, there is this introspection we need to go through. Is that how much of the sunnah of our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have we brought into our lives? To withhold that adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala narrates, it was three days after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had passed on. A Bedouin comes to Medina Munawwara. At that time, the roda, the qabr of Nabi alayhi salatu was salam, was open land. And this Bedouin cast himself on the cover of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he takes the sand and he begins to throw it over his hair and his head and he begins to address Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam Kulta you have spoken O Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam for sami'na and we heard وَوَعَيْتَ عَنِ اللَّهِ مَا وَعَيْنَ عَنْكَ you have taken from Allah Ta'ala what we have taken from you. How many of us can say that today? You have spoken and we have heard your words. We have taken from you what you have taken from Allah Ta'ala. That Mubarak Sunnah that Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with, we have taken that from you which you have taken from Allah Ta'ala. Nonetheless, 
It is the ayah walau annahum id zalamu anfusahum ja'uka fastaghfirullaha wastaghfara lahumur rasul lawajadullaha tawwaban rahima that if one of them had oppressed transgressed wronged themselves and they have come to you and they have asked you to intercede and if you intercede on their behalf seeking forgiveness by Allah then Allah Ta'ala will forgive they will find Allah Ta'ala most forgiving so he says I have transgressed and wronged myself so seek forgiveness on my behalf and from the Qabr Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala said we all heard Qad ghufira lak you have been forgiven that is the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Adab was withheld because of him forgiveness would come because of him if we follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah's muhabbat will come قُلْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ There were those in this ummah Mona Rashid Ahmad Gangohi Rahmatullahi On one occasion There is a jalsa People are meeting him He gets delayed He comes to the masjid The imam had already said Allahu Akbar and he just comes in just shortly after that and he joins the imam and after that salat the people close to him have seen sees his face is now in turmoil grief and they say to him before the salah you were happy and now why the grief he said after 23 years i miss i miss my takbir ula there were those in this ummah that was so steadfast and the third rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said wa aminan nas bawaiqahu and mankind is safeguarded from the mischief safeguarded from the zulm from the oppression now when we look at this those that are close to us those that are our subordinates those that are working with us those that are working for us are we a source of rahma are we a source of maghfirat are we a source of forgiveness for them or are we a kind of azab and zulm for them on the night of miraj we often hear that the miraj had taken place after nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's journey to taif and we hear the incident of taif that he was stoned and he was stoned to that extent that jibril alaihi salatu wassalam had come and said that the angels of the mountains have been deputed they are at your call walillahi junudu samawati wal ard here is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam standing and he does not have the power and the military of this world he has the junood وَمَا يَعْلَمُ جُنُودَ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا هُوَ none knows the army of Allah but Allah he has the army of Allah at his disposal 
What is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam going to do? Is he going to ask for the adab of Allah or not? In one riwayat, he says, Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wassalam asked Allah ta'ala, O Allah, who is the most honored in your eyes? Who is that person that has the greatest honor in your eyes? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O Musa, that person who forgives despite the fact that he has the ability to avenge. He can take his revenge, but he doesn't take his revenge, he forgives. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam at that time had forgiven. So one is zulam and one is to forgive. Forgive and Allah ta'ala will give izzat. Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that that person that guards his tongue, that person that guards his tongue, in other words, he doesn't use it oppressively. In the nikah khutbah we hear all the time, Ya yuwal ladhina amanu attaqullah wa kulu qawlan sadida. Speak appropriately, speak correctly. If you guard your tongue, Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala will safeguard and Allah ta'ala will not conceal your faults. Number two, if you do not vent your anger, you withhold your anger, Allah Ta'ala would withhold His punishment from you. And sometimes that tongue is lashed out to those that are closest to us, to those who are the weakest amongst us. That anger is vented to those who are the weakest amongst us. And then Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala who says that that person that makes madharat in front of Allah, he makes an excuse to Allah ta'ala. He shows his weakness and he seeks forgiveness from Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept that excuse and Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala will forgive. Brothers, the month of Ramadan is at our doorstep. Let us introspect not only seek forgiveness from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, but let us forgive each other, let us seek forgiveness from each other, and let us understand that tomorrow you and I are all going to stand in front of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, and this hadith of Nabi alayhi salatu wassalam, eat halal, practice on the sunnah, keep our mischief and our zulm away from people, dakhal al-jannah, that person will get jannah on the day of qiyamah. The Ravi says that somebody asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam that these days, the time of Sahaba, there are many that will practice on this hadith. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, no, even in the latter times there will be many. May Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.